What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about the NFL at large and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. And we are turned on the switch. Week 13 is behind us. Week 14 is ahead of us. As you know, loyal listeners of Locked On Fantasy Football, Wednesday, every Wednesday during the season is Matchup Wednesday, and that's the fun day where we break down every game on the schedule and it's good to know that here we are playoff time or last week before the playoffs and every team is in action there are no buys the rest of the way for these final four weeks so you got every player at your disposal that gives you a lot of your studs in the lineup but that also gives you some question marks with some tough decisions more options to choose from and um, you're going to have those three or four guys that you're going to play every week and trust but if you've got a pretty good team, you'll have some choices here, and you probably do if you're still playing into this. So we'll break down all the games here, as we always do, to give you an idea of who to play, who may not be the greatest play. And uh, we'll dive right into it here with the Raiders and Chiefs. They play the Thursday night special. This is the best Thursday night matchup of the year by far. I thought Cowboys and Vikings was pretty darn good. This one will be good for a fantasy perspective because you have two Teams here, they're going to battle for the AFC West. They're going to bring out their best here. We know the Raiders have been rolling here. They're 10-2. and two. The Chiefs are right behind them, putting pressure on them at 9-3. and three. So we look at this Raiders team. I think you have to start your principles here. Derek Carr, Latavius Murray, Michael Crabtree, and Amari Cooper. I think you just roll with those guys. You have to down the line. I think this could be a higher scoring game than we think. I think Murray's a guy that might cool off because he's been really touchdown dependent of late, but he's getting a lot of touches. It's hard to sit him. Carr, it's hard to sit him with his weapons. Uh, you throw in those two guys and Seth Roberts, there's always a chance to spread the field and do things against the Chiefs. So I, they didn't play very well in the first matchup. I think they actually play better here on the road. Kind of had built some momentum since then. So uh, I like most of the Raiders' key things here. I don't know if I would play the Raiders' defense. I know you're getting a lot of plays from Khalil Mack, but but I don't know if you can trust them too much here on this road. So I look at the Chiefs. They have a lot more playmakers to me. I We've looked at them, and it's really hard to sit them at this point because you saw Eric Berry come through. Tough matchup against the Falcons. They still had a uh, return for a touchdown there. Berry added the interception for two points as well. So this Chief defense with uh, Justin Houston, they're playable in every spot at this point because they have so many guys that can uh, make a big difference here with a game-changing play, sacks and takeaways. That's what this Chiefs defense is built for. So you go on that side. In terms of the offensive Chiefs here, I think you got to look at 
the main guys as well. Spencer Ware, I really like. Jeremy Macklin, if he can play, looks like he's headed toward playing with the growing injury returning. I think you got to put him in there. It's a good matchup against the secondary. So you like Ware and Macklin. Travis Kelsey is on fire here. So he's going to be in your lineup in this critical time as well. So Alex Smith, I'm up and down on him. I think if you're in a deeper league or two QB league, you can definitely look at him in this matchup. I think he'll be more productive than he was in the first game where they ran all over the Raiders and he didn't have to do much last week he didn't have to do much either because they scored in other ways on special teams and defense so uh, I think there's a little bit more upside for Alex Smith if it's a higher scoring game if the Chiefs play with a lead it's tough to trust him so he's a game flow dependent quarterback which very few are but uh, he's a guy that I might not go with here Broncos Titans look in this matchup this is the one o'clock slate that we're kicking off and you look at the Broncos, Trevor Simeon, we're going to see if he plays or not. This is a big thing that you have to watch. You're not going to look at Simeon in this critical week at all because he's, if he's going to play, he's going to come back with a foot injury. But it's very key if you're going to trust Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders because Paxton Lynch, we saw the the Broncos don't mind scaling back with him and not trying to take too many chances with him. So if Simeon plays, you're playing Thomas and Sanders if he doesn't, I think you can easily fade away from them in this game, even with a good matchup against the Titans secondary. Devontae Booker, just be careful with him. They signed Justin Forsett. He has to be the guy still because Capri Bibbs went down for the season with an ankle injury in the previous game. So Booker, you're still playing. You know he's going to get the touches at least. He did pop in the end zone last week, even with his struggles. So for now, he's the guy to trust in the backfield as a wide receiver two flex play there in a deeper type leagues for Booker still but uh, that could definitely change after this week in terms of the Denver defense yeah you keep playing them think they know they have to put more on themselves to come through with a big play that definitely happened in Jacksonville with the Bradley Roby return there as well as the Chris Harris Jr. pick they're going to be swarming looking to get things off Marcus Mariota the Titans are kind of one-dimensional there. Mariota, I would go away from if I could because of that defense. DeMarco Murray, you're definitely playing coming off a bye. Derrick Henry is too hard to trust. They said they're going to give him a few more touches, but they don't get too many scoring opportunities in goal line situations here for Henry, so you can't really look at him. You get DeMarco Murray for sure. Delaney Walker, you're going with always. He's one of those trusty weekly tight ends there's been few and far between that have been able to stay on the field and healthy this season he's definitely one of them Richard Matthews if you've got better options I think I would go away from him as well he's a pretty good receiver in this offense but looking at the Broncos corners I don't think these guys across the board wide out have good matchups so I think Murray and Walker I kind of cool off on everyone else on the other side you look at Booker and maybe no one else if Simeon has to sit we go to our next game. This is the Steelers and Bills. Steelers pretty much down the line. Your main three guys, Ben Roethlisberger, going with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, of course. All three have great matchups in this game. And Ladarius Green, he got involved enough. Still didn't see a ton of snaps, but still getting targeted every time he's out there. The Bills can give up things to tight ends. So Ladarius Green, especially with the, the tight end attrition, you can go, go with him as well. So those are your four Steelers. I think defensively I would stay away just because the Bills have been pretty good at protecting the ball and especially at home they're just a better team there so the Steelers have given you good value defensively the past two weeks I think you go away from them 
here, even though Tyrod Taylor is struggling, that is more related to not wanting to play Tyrod Taylor in this one. I just don't trust him. Sammy Watkins, I think if you're in a deeper league, you kind of have to roll him out as a wide receiver three, but temper your expectations here. This Bills passing game is kind of in a funk. That's why they've gone super run heavy. That's why also you look at this matchup with uh, LaShawn McCoy, full speed ahead with him. Mike Gillisley, given how much work he's getting near the goal line and uh, the other work, you could see him in a deeper league, but McCoy, full steam ahead with him. As far as the Bills' defense, no, you can't play them. This is the Steelers' offense coming in there that uh, can light them up. So that's pretty much how you break this one down. Pretty simple across the board. Our next game is the Cardinals-Dolphins matchup, and this is an interesting game. Two pretty close teams here. The Cardinals are not in playoff contention, really. They're on the brink of it. The Dolphins were, but it seems like they're fading a little bit, so... I think it'll be more of a defensive struggle here. I think it's a toss-up game, very straight up down the line, pretty evenly matched. But you look at the Cardinals, I mean, it's the same refrain we've had with uh, David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Everything else is kind of a dice roll here. Carson Palmer you can feel a little bit good about here because of the 300-yard game he had last week. He had a good bounce back there. Dolphins front can get after this uh offensive line a little bit especially with no Jared Veldier there but I still expect Palmer to play well I don't think it's going to be a lighted up type game he's don't kind of chase his box score from last week and Joe Flacco also I think it's going to be more of a 252 type game a lot of David Johnson this one that's why I think he can dominate this game and uh, have another big game it's just a standard now carrying your team I think it'll continue in the playoffs here Larry Fitzgerald playing but everything else uh Jermaine Gresham, you might go a little deeper just because you saw the way that uh, Dennis Pitta was able to do things against this defense, but that that's about it for the Cardinals' defense. You're still putting in there. Ryan Tannehill struggled with the three-pick game. Speaking of Tannehill, I can't trust him in this one. It's another swarming defense that can cause turnovers against him. The offensive line is still a little bit beat up for the Dolphins, so stay away from him. Jay Ajayi, tough matchup for sure against the Cardinals. They don't allow much to running backs, but Ajayi, we saw with the touches, he can still have a decent floor here as an RB2, even in the shallowest of leagues. So Ajayi, you're not sitting at this point of the year, even with the struggle there against Baltimore. In terms of the receiving core, I think you've got to play Jarvis Landry. Tyron Matthew is still kind of beat up here. We don't know if he's going to play. On the outside, you have Patrick Peterson, and I, I think the best way to exploit this Cardinal secondary was their number two corner and also working inside a little bit. So it's not a good game for the speed receivers of Kenny Stills or Devontae Parker. I would fade Parker hard this week in all formats. So you're looking at Landry and Ajayi on the Dolphins side defense. I think it's a team you could play. The Cardinals can be sacked a few times in this one. So I think it's more of a middle-of-the-road play, but it's not a totally bad option if you want to go there. So you're looking at uh, Miami D. Landry and Jai on the other side you're looking at uh, Fitzgerald and Johnson and if you need uh, Palmer as well you can put him in there but just keep it more of a streaming type option more than a studly type uh, that you're looking for in tournament play. Redskins and Eagles is our next game here another tight one with the Eagles side Jordan Matthews should return if he does I like him in this one to work the slot. Ryan Matthews should also return. That's going to be a good matchup for him to step into. Wendell Smallwood, I can't recommend now. He's just not done the job here 
Darren Sproles, I could look at it as that classic deeper flex play. So Matthews and Matthews, hopefully both come back from the knee and ankle respectively, and Sproles can be effective for you. And Zach Ertz, he's on fire here, getting a ton of targets there from Carson Wentz. So that's how you look at the Eagles in this one. I stay away from their defense with uh, Kirk Cousins on the other side. He's kind of a rendered defense is kind of useless here of late because he's getting some yardage. Kirk Cousins is a guy that you could look at in this one either way. I think he's in the middle of the road type starter, but definitely startable in this one with the Eagles secondary having some issues. In terms of their receivers, Pierre Garçon, watch out for Jordan Reed being out. If he's out again, I think Garçon is the better play here in uh, all formats over Vernon Davis in that uh, kind of replacement role. Jamison Crowder, it seems like he gets the job every week done here. And uh, PPR, for sure, he's a play. Definitely in the standard because of how much he scores, even the limited looks, he's in there for you as well. Redskins defense, I might think about them as well. Carson Wentz is making a lot of mistakes here. So if you're streaming and uh, Washington is out there, I thought they would do a little bit more against Arizona, kind of uh, faded. So they probably will be available. Want to play them against a rookie quarterback on the road. I think this could be a bit of an ugly one. A few points here and there, middle of the road type game all around. Texans and Colts is a, another game we look at here that uh, the Colts are favored by six points. And Andrew Luck, you're not sitting him. You're not sitting Dante Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton, Frank Gore. You're pulling out all those guys. Dwayne Allen, just be aware that was kind of a little bit of a fluke there. He had those three touchdowns, only got targeted four times that game. It was the product more of the Jets just forgetting to cover him. So don't get too excited about Allen, especially because Jack Doyle is still involved and still a tight end by committee there in Indianapolis. But you're looking at the the triplets there with the Moncrief and Hilton with Luck and also Gore because of how much he can get involved in the past game. He did have a good game against the Texans the first time around. On the Texans side, Brock Osweiler did play well last week and the Colts looked like a good matchup, but you're staying away from him. Lamar Miller, you're reluctantly playing. He's banged up. You know he's going to be in and out of the game. I don't see him being too effective, but he's your best option probably because you draft him as an RB1. you got to play him as at least an RB2 in this one. He did have a good game at least the first time against the Colts. And I think with Osweiler, the improvement there really means that you can look more to uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Both of them played well in the first matchup, so I, th- I think Hopkins and Fuller will get involved heavily in this one. It was a good matchup between Hopkins and Vontae Davis, which we figured will be again, but... Hopkins at least is getting some better passes downfield from Osweiler and makes them playable again and viable. Bears and Lions is our next game. This is a pretty much all Lions type of fair. Matthew Safford, full speed ahead, full speed ahead with him. If you want to look at uh, Golden Tate, we don't know if uh, yet that uh, Marvin Jones can return from his thigh injury. Regardless, I think Golden Tate is playable. I think Anquan Bolden in deeper leagues is playable. Theo Riddick you want to get in there. The backfield, other than that, with Dwayne Washington having the ankle injury, we don't know if it's going to be Zach Zenner or recently returned former Lion Joyke Bell with those touches. So you can't really go there, but uh, you can look at Riddick, Tate for sure, especially if uh, Jones is out. Uh, Bolden, Deeper Leagues, and Stafford has a great matchup. It was a really bad game the first time. I think the Lions make amends for that and really light up the scoreboard here. On the Chicago side, the Lions defense is playing very well, so... Really, it's all about Jordan Howard. I can't really trust anything else. We've tried to look at receivers and tight ends, but the injuries have and suspension have ravaged the Bears there. So nothing on that side. 
at all except for Howard because he's just a studly stud who's scoring every week. Our next game is the Lions and Jaguar or Vikings and Jaguars. We go away from the Lions to their NFC North brethren, the Vikings. They need to win badly here to keep up with the Lions in that uh, NFC North race. They're playing the Jaguars here. It's another 1 p.m. kickoff, and with the Vikings still not trusting anything in their running game with Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata. Asiata has scored the past several times. It was McKinnon's turn the previous week, but still not looking at anything there that uh, is viable in the Minnesota running game. In the passing game, I can also cool off because the Jaguars have been very good against the pass all season long. Jalen Ramsey is a tough matchup there for Stephon Diggs. We'll have to see if Diggs can uh, return from his injury, but either way, it's a really tough spot there for Diggs trying to play with the being banged up against Ramsey. So, you could go the other way. Kyle Rudolph, you're playing because, again, the tight end position is so messed up at this point that a guy like that is uh, looking pretty good. So if anyone's going to do anything in the passing game, I think it would be Rudolph in this one. And Vikings defense is obviously their best play against Blake Bortles and this Jaguars team. I don't think I can recommend anything on the Jaguars at this point. I mean, you have no Alan Hearns probably again with the hamstring injury. You're probably looking at Chris Ivory limited if he can return from his hamstring injury. TJ Yeldon has got an ankle that he's playing through. He's so-so. He's got a limited ceiling. Denard Robinson's not going to play in this one either. So I think if you're desperate, you could look at Yeldon just because of the touches, but that's about it. Allen Robinson, you might be stuck with playing him, but very tough matchup against Xavier Rhodes in the secondary as well. So pretty much not much to like offensively overall. I think that the Jaguars' defense, if you're really reaching, you could look at them, but I'd say the Vikings' defense is the only viable, comfortable play in this one. Our next game is still in the 1 o'clock window. the Chargers and Panthers, and this one's interesting. This seems like it could be a shootout. It also could be very ugly, so... I'm not going to have many shares of this in DFS. I just don't completely trust what's going on with Cam Newton. We'll start there with the Panthers. I think Cam Newton on paper has a pretty good matchup. He should rebound. He should be motivated to rebound here against the Chargers. So I'm reluctantly going to recommend him this week because the passing and uh, mobility kind of is like Jameis Winston with a little bit more athleticism. So that's going to do him well here. This game, especially at home, he's played better at home this year in general. You look at his weapons. You're going to keep rolling out Greg Olson. You want to hope for a better result. He has been better at home. Kelvin Benjamin, also same thing. Even though he's not being targeted as much and there's some dysfunction there, you're going with Benjamin Olsen. I think you can look at Jonathan Stewart in this one as well. Doug Martin, Jaquiz Rogers had success, so you can look there. Ted Ginn, if you're going a little deeper, the way that Cam Newton has thrown him and hit the deep ball, especially with Casey Hayward trying to limit... Benjamin here that Ginn is a kind of a home run play that you can uh, throw in there in a deeper league if you're looking for a wide receiver three streamer there so that's how you look at it I like the Panthers defense even without Luke Keekley possibly again with the concussion I would imagine they rush him back in this game or Mario Addison the Chargers we know can get messy and sloppy with interceptions that's why I'm not really crazy about Philip Rivers on the road it's a long road trip it was better there had the couple touchdowns but really didn't play all that well against uh, Tampa Bay last week, and I think it may be a bit of a grind here again. Melvin Gordon, you're going full speed ahead with. I think you can look at Dontrell Inman as a pretty good play here for the Chargers because of how much he's going to involve Tyrell Williams as well. I just might stay away from their quarterback. Rivers, really the best uh, two guys here, Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry. 
given how much the Panthers give up to tight ends, let Jimmy Graham score last week. I really love Gates this week. I think Henry, as we've seen, can score when Gates also scores. So maybe that's how the Chargers attack him. So Rivers, I think, can have a middle-of-the-road game, but I think in this crucial time of the playoffs, he can have a lot better success. The next game we look at on the schedule is the Bengals and Browns. And this is pretty much an all-Bengals affair. Andy Dalton, if you need to stream him after a good game, you can go with him again. You go with uh, Brandon LaFell in this one. A.J. Green is supposed to miss at least another week here. So if Green's out and then LaFell's in play, I think Tyler Boyd in a deeper league you can look at as well. Maybe a DFS uh, tournament-type play because he's a big play-type guy. Browns give up big plays there. So LaFell and Boyd, Tyler Eifert for sure. Jeremy Hill is in there. I think if you're in a 14-teamer and you need a flex, Rex Burkhead gets consideration as well. And Cincinnati's defense came through pretty big with Vontez Perfect against the Eagles so you feel with RG3 possibly coming back for Cleveland that actually helps the Cincinnati defensive value here in this one on the Browns side with Robert Griffin back I don't know exactly who to trust but Terrell Pryor is the one guy that you've been able to trust in the Browns lineup I don't know if I like any of their running backs in this one because they've been ineffective of late and Cincinnati cleaned up some issues against the run last week so you're looking at Pryor, probably Gary Barnage. The Bengals do give up a lot of, to tight ends. They were burned by the Eagles duo last week. So I think Barnage and Pryor are the two things you can look at on the Brown side, and that's about it. Now we move into the 4 o'clock window, and we have the Jets traveling to play the 49ers. And this is a really messy game for the Jets. I think Robbie Anderson is the only wide receiver that you can really look at now. Brandon Marshall... You're going to play him, but it's you know you're cringing already with Bryce Petty starting the rest of the year. So if you've got anyone close that you could play over Matt Marshall, you definitely have to do it. Quincy Inunua is completely unplayable now. There's no real buzz between him and Petty. Robbie Anderson, like you said, is the only real guy that I think that's where it goes from, Inunua to Anderson with Petty starting. But limited upside overall with this offense because Petty's just not ready out there so you look at Matt Forte I think that's the one person this situation boosts because they're going to give Forte the ball more to do a take pressure off Petty give him as much the ball as much as possible the 49ers are very vulnerable against the run so I could see a pretty nice day from uh, Forte here and the Jets defense is tempting but I would stay away because I think the 49ers have the weapons there in the passing game to kind of uh, light them up here with Colin Kaepernick Kaepernick is going to start again I think he can have a nice rebound game here as well. Carlos Hyde can keep it up. I know it's a tough Jets run defense, but you saw some cracks in that as well as the kind of the effort is wearing down here from the veterans. So Carlos Hyde also gets involved enough in the passing game to make up for his yardage that way. Uh, and I think he can be more effective than former 49er Frank Gore was last week against this defense. So you're sticking with Hyde. I think if people faded hard on Kaepernick last week, I, I – I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to be a low, low ownership against the Jets. This is actually a very good matchup for his running and passing ability. So I kind of like the 49ers to end their losing streak in this one with Petty. So you look at that way. The 49ers defense, though, you might be tempted. Don't play them against the Jets because they're still not very good. So this could be kind of a middle kind of matchup between Petty and Kaepernick having a few big plays with less mistakes than you think. We go to the Seahawks and Packers, and this is the marquee game in the 425 window. We look at uh, 
Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't matter who they're playing, where they're playing, you're playing him right now. He's in, in the zone, especially with Earl Thomas out. That's an exploitable matchup there. And we know that how Green Bay has been spreading the field with three and four wide receivers. That's going to put a lot of pressure on the Legion of Boom. So I think you look at Jordy Nelson, he might be contained there by Richard Sherman, but he's just too talented to sit. I think Devontae Adams, even after last week's disappointment, you have to keep playing him. Randall Cobb as well. I think these guys are just too viable all around to not go with even in this tough matchup against Seattle. Thomas Rawls as well, he's going to be fine. He was checked for concussion last week, but he's full speed ahead. Even against this uh, tough on paper Packers run defense, he's playable. Russell Wilson on the other side. So you look at the Green Bay backfield, I stay away from them, but uh, I look at uh, Thomas Rawls as a nice play for Seattle as well as Wilson. You like Jimmy Graham. You like Doug Baldwin. Tyler Lockett, again, has another good matchup to keep hot as a playmaker for this team. So overall, I think this could be a higher scoring game than you think, especially with no Thomas in there. That opens up a lot of possibilities for the Packers offense. I would stay away from their running game. That's the one thing I don't like. This Seahawks, I like pretty much everything. So if could be a nice game between Wilson and Rodgers back and forth. That's what we are hoping for. It'll be good for fantasy. Seahawks defense, you're still playing against the Packers because they can make mistakes. Uh, it's just a unit you don't set because of their ability to rush the passer and get takeaways at any point. So there you have it with that one. Packers defense has had a couple good games, but you're absolutely not playing them in this one. Saints-Buccaneers is our next game at the 425. You look at... Uh, the Bucks, I really like their ch- chances of doing everything in this game. Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, you love that. It's a good stack here in uh, DFS, especially after their quiet game together last week. You look at the running game, I think Doug Martin you're still trusting here. You're not sure how much that uh, they want to overload him now with Charles Sims in there, but I think Sims, that makes him viable as a flex play more. But Martin has still got a great matchup against the Saints run defense, so Overall, you got to like your chances here with all things Buccaneers. In terms of other receivers, Cameron Brait is really playable in this one because you got Adam Humphreys dealing with a concussion. you got some other issues for some key pass catchers on this team. So Brait and Evans right there with uh, Martin and Winston this week. On the Saints side, it's outdoors, but Drew Brees, you're still going to play him, hope for a rebound. He had a terrible game at home in his uh, friendly confines last week. So he's not very good outdoors, so temporary expectations, but the Bucks are going to put up some points. I could see easily two touchdowns from Breeze. This Bucks defense is playing better, but uh, Breeze has had a decent floor in road games, better than you think this year. So you go with him. In terms of their receivers, I think Michael Thomas is the guy to trust most in this one, but uh, you could look at Brandon Cooks and Willie Sneed as well if you need them. They're not to crazy thoughts here. Kobe Fleener will be more involved at tight end as well, coming off a pretty good game, and there, there's no Josh Hill anymore, so you can look at him. So pretty much all your Saints are kind of viable. I just think don't just expect them to roll and do things against the Buccaneers. The Bucks defense has played so much better. It just no, It's hard to know what to expect from the Saints, except that I think Drew Brees is going, is going to be at least a 250-2 type performance in this one. You look at the Falcons and Rams, and this is our last of the 4 o'clock, 425 games here. It's a good rebound game for the Falcons. Matt Ryan should feel good about his chances. Didn't play very well overall against the Chiefs, but on the road I think he plays well here, especially 
the offensive line I think is going to battle through their injuries, especially Jake Matthews. So that's going to help him. I think it's going to be more about the running game with Julio Jones banged up. We heard he has turf toe. We've got Muhammad Sanu with a growing injury. So I like really like Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman in this one. I think they're going to be involved heavily as they try to take pressure off Ryan and his uh, banged-up receivers. So Ryan, I would just temper him. I think it's more of a 252 upside with him, maybe a touchdown pass to one of these backs. But overall, I like uh, Freeman to have a good yardage day with the potential for score. And Coleman could also make a big play in this one for Atlanta. On the Rams' side, it's really hard to trust anything. But I think Todd Gurley, if you've been sitting him, this is the time to put in Gurley. He's going to be a sneaky DFS play to me because the Falcons' run defense is vulnerable. You can pound on them. Gurley, they're kind of desperate there in Los Angeles to do something here to help Jared Goff. So I don't really like Jared Goff much except uh, throwing to Kenny Britt. So Kenny Britt, I think, becomes viable in this one, especially with no Desmond Trufant. Maybe Tavon Austin has to miss another game with his chest injury. So Britt is definitely in play here because he did come through in uh, New England last week. So Britt and Gurley I like a lot more than uh, probably a lot of people do in this one. But uh, I think the situation is favorable for those two guys to uh, put up some offensive uh, production here. Falcons, I think you could look at their defense as well. Just beware because of those guys, Britt and Gurley, that uh, you're going to have a limited uh, ceiling with that team. Cowboys and Giants, we move into the 8:30 matchup here in uh, prime time on Sunday night, and this should be a good one. The Giants, however, without Jason Pierre-Paul, so that's going to really help the Cowboys' offense. You're not playing either defense in this one for sure, but uh, that definitely helps uh, Ezekiel and Dak Prescott. They had a tough game go-around in their first-ever game in week one as rookies, but since then they've matured a lot. I think you're going to see them both play pretty well. I think if you have better options, you can go away from Prescott. You're obviously not sitting Elliott. You're feeling really good about Des Bryant in this one as well because of the Giants' secondary issues. Janoris Jenkins is not necessarily a shutdown-type guy, and uh, without Pierre-Paul, there's going to be time for a deep connection there. Jason Witten, you can put in play as well. He had a big first game against the Giants, and uh, Giants haven't been given a lot to tight ends. They just got destroyed by Ladarius Green. Witten's going to be in there blocking a lot. He can roll out of Elliott stuff and uh, get some catches here. So I like him more than uh, Cole Beasley because I think Giants are a little bit better at containing slot-type guys. So uh, Beasley, I think, is still look lookable and playable in some leagues, but I personally would fade away from him unless you're in a very deep league. So it's uh, Elliott, Witten, Bryant, maybe Prescott, depending on who else you have at quarterback. On the other side, Eli Manning always plays well in general against the Cowboys. He had a bad game against the Steelers again. Beckham and him should have some success here. Sterling Shepard as well is a guy that you can put in against the secondary, especially looking like Morris Claiborne may need to miss another week. So feel good about those two guys. Elsewhere, I think the Giants, you look at Rashad Jennings because of the touches, but that's about it here for New York. Uh, so the main guys on both sides, uh, maybe the one guy I would fade is uh, Prescott a little bit in this one. And we get to our final game of the week. It's the Ravens and Patriots. And this one could be a fun one here with uh, Joe Flacco coming off a very good game. We know he's played very well against the Patriots in the past, even in Foxborough. So I think Joe Flacco, if you need to stream him, he's hard to trust. But if there's a situation against this pass defense, it's a pretty favorable look here. In terms of the pecking order of this wide receiver core, it's hard to know. But I think you can put Mike Wallace and Steve Smith out there and hope for something to come through. They still were pretty involved heavily, even though 
Brashad Perryman was the guy who scored on the big play. Those two guys were consistently targeted, so you can look at them in uh, different leagues, but I think no more than uh, wide receiver three options for you because of the split there between themselves and Perryman. Dennis Pitta, can't be too excited about him. It was a fluky game against Miami. He really had been limited with his catches and looks there. So I don't know if that's going to be close to recreating against the Patriots. In terms of the backfield, I think Terrence West and Kemp Dixon are two things the Patriots will look to take away first. They are better against the run than the pass, so maybe you cool off on those two guys, especially with them splitting touches. They're pretty much touchdown dependent, really, that those touchdowns really go to West at this point. So maybe go away from them if you've got some depth there in the backfield. In the New England side, I don't think you can trust LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, you look at this, the Patriots are too smart. They know that the Ravens are number one against the run. They're going to shut down the power running game. That's what they're built for inside between the tackles. So they're going to spread it out, get James White and Deion Lewis more involved. I think the fact that Lewis and White are kind of splitting touches at that that receiving back makes both very hard to trust in this one individually. I think you can look at Chris Hogan as a nice uh, deeper league wide receiver three. Julian Edelman is more looking like a borderline wide receiver one, the way things are going. Wide receiver two with great upside, how much he's getting involved in the spread offense. And Malcolm Mitchell right there to me is a wide receiver two as well. This is a three-receiver set type team with no Rob Gronkowski more so than that. So you like those three receivers at different levels and different leagues. Tom Brady, of course, you're playing. They're going to blunt. You can cool off. if you. Again, it really depends on the depth of your league. You might have to play him and hope for a short touchdown from him but in terms of the yardage and production he's going to need a big run or a score to kind of uh, pad his stats so you're probably playing him because you're stuck but if you've got other options or if you're in DFS I would not look at Blunt this week and either defense I kind of would stay away from the Ravens that have been playable they were very good last week but you're not going with them the Patriots the Ravens we know can light them up and protect the ball as well so go away there so there you have it there's another uh Locked on Fantasy Football Matchup Wednesday in the books for you. Uh, please subscribe on Audio Boom or iTunes to get this podcast delivered to you week and daily. And make sure you are listening to everything we have on the Locked On Network, whether you're a fan of the NFL, the NBA, fantasy football, fantasy basketball. We've got a podcast for you, your way every day, delivering content that you need to know to help you be the most informed sports fan or fantasy player out there. Until next time for Lineup Thursday, this has been Vinny I with Lockdown Fantasy Football. We'll see you then. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.